set your mind on things above with Taken, a metaphysical fantasy audio drama. He wanted a cure. He found the creator. Chapter 7 Genesis The circle of unity provided relief from the sun's heat and peace for the weary. Thick branches of father oaks formed a natural roof over the stone structure, while pillars wrapped in flowering vines greeted each guest with the aroma of heaven itself. This was Eve's creation, a reminder of their former home and the ancient one. Come, we must ready the room for the ceremony. Eve entered the circle first. The Medici women trailed dutifully behind. I'll take care of the incense, Mother Eve. I'll get the articles, another said. At least the Sabasi are on task this time. The stone floor, already washed and swept clean by the Sabasi, sparkled with the intricate history of their people. Brilliant ruby figures of a man and woman standing next to a tree, inlaid with emeralds, was the centerpiece of the design. From there... Trials and triumphs had been carefully engraved with gold and painted in rich hues of purple and blue. The most important accounts lining the pillars were also adorned with precious stones from the hills of the Wazan. The effect was so reverent, even the Medici didn't walk across the room. They glided. Good, the youngest Medici said. I hate sweeping. The young woman rested her hips on a pillar as she traced her fingers around a drawing. I wish we could go back. Make haste, girl. Eve tapped the young woman's bottom with her rod. She pointed to the stone pots hanging from the pillars. Fill those with manta. Of course, mother. The young healer in training flushed as she scooped up manta and ignited all the torches until the chamber glowed from the fiery substance. The apprentice moved with such speed she almost tripped. Careful now, Mother Eve said without even turning her head. We don't want to waste Alru on preventable sins, do we? And I certainly wouldn't want to send you to the heart of the Seven Hills to get more. Bendisi Dina tapped the girl's head playfully. Aye, ma'am. It took seven cycles for my eyebrows to grow back last time, an elder Medici said. Tis not the place for a youngling such as yourself to chance, seeing how you'll want to be mated soon. Oh, no, ma'am, the young apprentice looked horrified. No, indeed. Not to worry. It's not your turn yet. We'll send Tafara, Bedisi Dina said, rolling her eyes. Tafara can do anything. She's as strong as any male. They all laughed. Perhaps it's time you made the journey again, Dina. Mother Eve stopped as if she would send the woman on the task that instant. No. Eve waited a moment. More work and less sass is what I say. When the room was full of clicks and clangs again, Eve addressed the youngling. Remember, girl, think first, then act. That is our way. And the only way to prevent decay, the girl completed the rhyme. I will be more careful next time, Mother Eve. The Medicis poured pebbles into the trench surrounding a simple, barren mound of earth, piled it with stones, and filled the crevice with more manta. These two would be ignited, forming a brilliant circle of fire when the sacrifices were offered at the site of Adam's first altar to the Hidden Father. Sometimes preparations were not needed as the flame would appear without provocation whenever the Ancient One was pleased. 
Do you think heaven's fire will appear tonight, mother? Dina asked quietly. Who can tell? Mother Eve answered without facing her. You may leave now. I told you to watch your teasing, Dina. The elder Medici said, noticing Mother Eve's slight to the woman. It's Medici, Dina, to you, she replied. If Mother Eve doesn't call you Medici, the elder woman said, then I don't have to either. Perhaps if you speak peace, you will be titled again. Do you think Mother Eve will ever call me by my name? The girl said as they left the room. Eve sighed. Another sign of the sickness. She didn't intend to hurt anyone. She concentrated, trying to remember. There are just so many of them. She shook her head. I should know her name. But she was too embarrassed to ask, and she did not want to alarm the council. There was too much at stake, especially now. Eve kneeled in the center of the ring, alone, for the first time since her Adam died. She said the customary prayer in low tones, knowing the Medici stood just outside the chamber, so she could speak to the voice privately. Forgive us our trespass and our sin, and look at us with thine eye of mercy. For when we were in the garden, our praises and our hymns went up before you without ceasing. But when we came into this strange land, pure praise was not longer ours, nor righteous prayer, nor understanding hearts, nor sweet thoughts, nor just counsels, nor long discernment, nor upright feelings, neither is our bright nature left us, but our body is changed from the likeness in which it was at first when we were created. Yet now look at our blood which is offered on these stones, and accept it at our hands like the praise we used to sing to you at first when in the garden. A rush of wind swept through the chamber, scattering petals onto the floor. Eve picked up one, cradling it in her palm, inhaling, expecting the voice to walk in the room as he used to in the garden. A squirrel hopped from branch to branch, disturbing the silence. The pebbles smoldered. A few sing-sing birds chirped. She waited until the sun spanned low. Finally, she rose from her knees and unconsciously rubbed the worn leather band around her wrist, hiding the scars only Adam's eyes had seen. He will not speak then. She had tried to make it right, to save the others, but her self-inflicted wounds had sealed instantly. She still possessed great life, much more than her children. When the sickness began to affect them one by one, even Adam, she remained well. She had no strange marks or blemishes on her strong limbs, save the ones she herself had caused. Her sight was keen, hearing sharp, not even a strand of silver lined her thick brown hair. Only now and then, darkness came from inside. Nothing could lift it. Not even the laughter of the little ones could make her rise from her mat. The intensity was so great. Then it simply passed, leaving as unexpectedly as it had come. Truth it is, she sighed. Eve filled each elder's cup with a mixture of crushed herbs and placed a pot of fresh water over a vessel of manta. I suppose the inward crushing be the sickness, too. Eve had almost finished her preparations when she noticed a shadow out of the corner of her eye. The bowl of manta slipped from her trembling hand onto the stone floor, rattling, splashing manta onto her leg. She ignored the pain and tried to locate the source of the shadow. They would not dare come here, would they? The shadow grew larger and larger until it completely blocked the sun from the entrance. Eve's heart returned to a steady rhythm when she recognized the figure. Smooth leather straps wrapped around sturdy legs bronzed by hard use, 
A bigger swatch of leather was tied on the side by golden braided rope. His bare chest displayed a lone emblem hanging from a black cord which mirrored the unusual image splashed across his forehead, the only mark on his otherwise perfect face. It was Cain. Greetings, Mother Eve, the girl said, almost stumbling into the room. Eve nodded to the young Medici peering around Cain's impressive frame. Most sorry, Mother, truly we are. The maiden apologized with her head lowered, not meeting Eve's eyes. We did try to stop him. Do not fret, child, Mother Eve said. The deep warmth in her voice soothed the girl. I'm finished with my supplications. Oh, my, we have a spill. The girl stepped over the steaming puddle and broken vessel. I will take care of it right away. Leave it, daughter, Mother Eve said. It will fill the trench, no harm done. Thank you, Mother. The young Medici backed away gratefully. Her long braid swung back and forth with every nod. May the Ancient One favor you, Mother. She is fortunate to have such an understanding mother. Everyone should be so blessed, Cain said. He admired the newest drawing at it, especially for the harvest celebration of the firstborn son. An image of Enoch running with a sack of Alru. Cain snorted and turned to an older engraving. At least some of my expression remains. You speak truth, for we would not dare destroy what someone else created, Eve said. She lingered over the expression just above Cain's head. A woman stood in the sunlight holding two little ones, a male in each arm. If only you had asked. She placed her hand on his shoulder. He backed away. By Dama's blood, mother, did you think your actions would not have consequences? Me? My actions had nothing to do with your sin. Her face flushed at the accusation and with shame. He'd only said what she felt. This is all my fault. I tried to love you, but you caused nothing but sorrow. I wish you had. Eve stopped abruptly. Father Seth and his first sons were approaching the chamber, and the sons of Cain followed close behind. They were already arguing. Wish what, mother? I would like to hear you say it for truth. She faced him, chin up, jaws set, her eyes battle-ready. Their resemblance was striking. Her sons, born just blinks apart, were as different as earth and sky. Abel had always been so adorable, so pleasing, such a joy. His presence had erased the pain of their punishment. Cain, the stronger of the two, had been a difficult child. He challenged everything, even the will of the ancient father. She and Adam had tried to treat the boys fairly, but it was obvious. Abel was the favorite one, and Cain knew it. Eve blinked first. Cain abandoned his persistent gaze, satisfied for now, and took his seat at the tribunal. Greetings, Elder Seth. Mother Eve embraced her son as the other firstborns showed respect one by one. Always a joy, Mother, Seth said, brushing past Cain. Eve studied her offspring as they entered the chamber from her customary place next to Adam's now vacant seat. Is your heart well, Mother? Dina slipped past Eve and draped the covering reserved just for council meetings over her head. As well as can be expected, Medici Dina, Eve said. Medici Dina has prepared the meal of consecration according to your instructions. The elder Hewler woman placed the tray next to the great mother. Each contained a roasted leg of lamb, a roasted egg, a cup of bitter herbs drenched in sour queso, and a fruity mixture of figs, nuts, and apples covered in honey. Dina beamed as she hovered protectively over Mother Eve. Yes, Medici Dina, 
The young Medici peeked around a stack of trays taller than her head. Somehow she managed to serve each elder without the trays toppling over. Now we just need the cups of union for the ceiling, Medici Dina said. Where's that, Tafara? She should have brought them by now. I almost forgot. The girl swung around too quickly, spilling a lid of the queso on Father Lamech. Foolish girl, Lamech said. We need my Nama here. She knows how to serve. My apologies, Father Lamech. The girl blinked to prevent tears. Eve wrapped the table with her rod, shaking every tray. The tip caught Lamech's hand. He snatched it back, rubbed his fingers, and glared. Greetings, honored children of the Hidden Father, Eve said. She stood resolutely before the firstborns. Let us come before him now, and may he knit our hearts as one. Cain, Enoch of Cain, Ired, Mehujel, Methushel, Lamech, the twins Jabal and Jubal, and Tubalcan of the tribe of Cain, all sat on one side of the circle, while Seth, Enosh, Kenan, Mahalalel, Jared, and Enoch faced them on the opposite side. Abel's seat of honor remained empty. We have assembled this day on the twelfth cycle of the first harvest sun to commemorate the last sacrifice honored with heaven's fire, the sacrifice of Abel. Eve held the tray containing the elements high while the Medici stood by her side, waiting to serve. Let us partake the lamb sacrificed to cover our sin, the egg given to bring new life, the bitter herbs of our exile, and the sweet fruit of hope until the prophecy is fulfilled. As the elements were served, Eve and the elders answered one by one, I let it be so, until all sixteen had spoken for his tribe. Now that we are one, Eve said, clasping her hands together, as she walked among the elders, we will declare the bearer. Since Enoch has brought back the Auru and fulfilled the challenge, he is the obvious choice. Disgruntled murmurs rippled through the chamber. However, Eve said, silencing them with the firmness of a lioness, there are some among us who disagree. Let them make their appeal now. Now that it was time to stake their grievances, the opposers were strangely silent. Eve searched the faces of the firstborns. Each held some of Adam's wisdom and strength. Each possessed a measure of his weakness, too, though it couldn't be seen at first glance. A cold stare, a bitter set to the mouth, furrowed brows, an arrogant uplift to the chin, jaws clenched in anger, all showed in one form or another just a bit of the sickness. No longer were they the carefree children who once frolicked among the plains of Adenia, unaffected by the curse. Only Enoch seemed to retain his innocence. Very well, if there are no objections, Tuwakan stood quickly. Mother Eve, there is something of great importance the tribunal should know before the declaration is made. Nema focused on the strange visitor Lita escorted along the trail to the Circle of Unity. Her eyelids were half shut as she pretended to be busy preparing sticky alati cakes for the communion meal. She didn't want her intended to notice her curiosity in the handsome guest, who stood a full head taller than he. She sighed. A woman who could gain his affection would be favored for truth. You would do well to focus on your tasks, Sabasi, a lilting voice said just behind her. Oh, 
Nema dropped the mushy dough onto the dirt floor as she swirled around to face the woman. Tafara, you startled me. Nema quickly picked up the dough and tossed it into the ashes of the fire. Just one more lottie cake and this tray will be complete. Lita is a good man, strong and loyal. You will be safe in his arms, cousin. Tafara grabbed a handful of dough and began forming the flatbread sweetened with cane rod essence. She laid the alati onto the stones to bake before Nema could object. You are gracious, Nema said. She had always been fond of her beautiful cousin. Even though she was a Medici, she always showed respect to the Sabasi who attended to the needs of the elders and Medici. I am fortunate for truth, Nema said with a quick toss of her long, dark tresses. Yet you are not content, Tafara said. I am not, Nema sighed. I once thought Enoch might pursue, but the council, well, that is neither here nor there. She blushed. Tafara had been such a comfort during that time, a chaperone of sorts, and the only one who knew their intentions. You are still admired, Tafara said, patting her hand. I am happy to know he is happy. Nema squeezed her hand. I do like Lita. He is fair and kind. Yet with him, one day is as the next. I already know what my entire life will be like. It will be like today. Making a lottie, loading trays. Nema dropped to one knee, bowing low. Yes, Father Lamech. My pleasure, Father Lamech. Tavara Sandy brown curls bounced uncontrollably as she laughed at her cousin's imitation of Lita. So he is consistent and submissive. Those are not bad traits. No. Lita believes that one day Lamech will grant him a role on our council if he serves him well. But he doesn't know my father. Lamech despises weakness. His faithful obedience only lessens his chances of ever leaving the Sabasi for a position of leadership in our tribe. It is unfortunate your father's eyes are shaded, Tafara said sympathetically. The news of Lamech's cruelty had reached the tribe of Seth, even though their settees were many spaces apart. And I am truly sorry you were not made Medici at your twelfth cycle. Nema stared down, reorganizing the completed tray. You are as intelligent as gifted as any of us. It would have been my pleasure to serve with you. What is done is done. At least my spying days are over. I was not selected to serve communion at the tribunal this harvest. Nema flipped her hair back to reveal the faint slash across her back. Tafara cringed. I remember the incident, but I didn't know he hit you. All is well. Nema recovered the scar and began stacking trays onto a cart. He did not appreciate my confession to the tribunal, but I would rather take a lash than spy for my father. You are admired among the elders of Seth, Tafara said. Even Enoch praises your honesty. I cannot imagine my father asking me to search private dwellings and eavesdrop. Father Seth is honorable, Nema said. Lamech is... Nema blushed, not wanting to criticize him publicly. Let us just say we do our best to avoid him. I cannot change your father. Tafara helped Nema push the cart toward the gathering. Her familiarity with the daughter of the tribe of Cain drew curious stares from a few women of Seth's tribe. Nema stared at the ground to avoid their faces. And I cannot change the foolishness of some people, Tafara said loud enough for the women to blush and turn away. Yet I can change your mood. Tafara pulled her cousin along the gathering at the center of the city. Sabasi Nishil. Tafara shouted as she clapped her hands to get the attention of the girl carrying water to the fire. Take these trays to Medici Dina. 
Yes, Medici Tafara. The young Sabasi dropped her water pots to pull the heavy cart. As for you, Sabasi Nema, Tafara said with a mischievous sparkle in her eyes, no labor for you this eve. You are coming with me to the celebration. The sound of the lute piped sweetly as the sun began its slumber. See, the ancient one approves. Tafara pointed toward the sky, emblazed with purple, pink, and orange. Indeed, the ancient one has favored me tonight, Nema laughed. The two cousins skipped like childling girls away from their mother's side for the first time, matching their strides to the rhythmic pounding of the drums in the distance. The chants of the tellers reached their ears. For this one night, the tribes forgot their differences and celebrated together the cycle of the new sun and the promise to come. Let's run, Tafara. The tales are about to begin. Tafara dashed toward the colorful banners, waving in the distance. Last one is a rotten dosa. This concludes this chapter of Taken, a metaphysical fantasy audio drama. If you enjoyed this excerpt and just can't wait for the next chapter, download Taken ebook through Amazon Kindle and read it for free with Amazon Prime. Also, please check back for upcoming chapters of Taken on this podcast. Remember, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Please share this uplifting read with your friends and get ready to soar. Thank you again for listening and may the favor of the Ancient One be on you.